Hi, I'm Sue Hutton, a social worker and a mindfulness teacher at the Azraeli Adult Neurodevelopmental Center at CAMH. And I'm Lee Steele, and I'm the parent advisor at the Israeli Center and the proud parent of two adult children. Welcome to our podcast, Mindfulness for Caregivers. We hope that this podcast encourages you to bring mindfulness into your busy lives as caregivers. The theme for this week is one of the most important themes that we cover in all of the mindfulness practices, and it is self-compassion. There's a lot of different terms that are used around these compassion practices in mindfulness. So the compassion practices have a number of different ways they can be applied. And self-compassion, that particular term, was brought into play with Kristen Neff. And we'll talk shortly about research that Kristen Neff has done. But these practices are so important for nurturing ourselves as caregivers. So what we're going to do right now is a very brief practice to get grounded. Then we'll go into talking a little bit about some of the research and science behind these practices. And then Lee is going to talk so eloquently about really practical ways to put this into our lives as caregivers. And then we'll end off with a little bit of a longer practice nurturing ourselves as caregivers. So let's begin just to get grounded and listen to this podcast so that you can receive this in a, in a way that feeds you and nurtures you. Just take notice of what the mood of the mind is right now. Feel free to close your eyes if that helps you to focus. And just ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? What am I feeling? And let the answer come. As you're paying attention to what that answer is, Take note if you can feel sensations in the body. Maybe physical sensations can tell you a little bit about what you need in your life right now. There might be emotions and the mood of the mind that are coming through. You might feel emotions physically in the body somewhere. So just pay attention to that. And what I'm going to do is invite you to place a hand wherever that is that you're feeling that. And... Just stream a little bit of loving-kindness, self-care and compassion in toward yourself. So just listen to what you're feeling, what you need right now, and just place that hand streaming love into your body as you just sit and breathe. You might find your mind is wandering quite a bit, which is absolutely normal. But just carry on with feeling those sensations in your body. Feel free to keep the hand 
placed wherever it is that you're feeling something. And uh, Lee, why don't we turn it over to you? Feel free to stretch a little bit if the body needs a good stretch. And Lee, what are some of your thoughts? I know compassion and these practices are so important to you. What, what do you want to share with caregivers today about these practices? Hi, Sue. Thanks so much. Um, I just loved that invitation to ask myself, you know, what am I feeling right now? and just extend that sort of tenderness towards myself. Um, I was just thinking about how often I'm usually focused on others' needs, especially my loved one, or I'm looking out sort of outside of myself, you know, am I, you know, for that approval or for love? And this was such a different idea to sort of turn myself inward and ask myself, as you said, what am I feeling, and, and just allowing that answer to come and, and that softening of placing my hand perhaps where I'm holding the tension or holding it, you know, placing it gently on my heart or my tummy as a reassurance that, um, like a good friend would. And I think that idea of self-compassion is so important because, you know, I can't give away what I don't have and if I'm not kind and compassionate to myself, then I, and I'm brittle and sort of hard and judging of myself, that tends to be then what I project out. So I really love this idea of self-compassion and so grateful we're talking about that today. Well, you always remind me too of the importance of really looking after ourselves. And, and I really like how you said, Lee, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of others. And, you know, we've talked in our podcasts previously about the importance of that research showing that stress is contagious. And starting with ourselves is one of the most amazing things we can do. By the way, you're going to be hearing an airplane behind me. <laughs> um, let's welcome that and give some compassion and love to that pilot. Whoever that is flying that airplane over the lake where I am right now, let's hope that they're safe and spreading compassion and love as they fly over the land. <laughs> um, so I want to say a couple words about the, the science. Now, this is one of my favorite weeks in the programs that we do. This is the fifth week in our six-week mindfulness program for caregivers. And I really think it's one of the most important parts of the practice, a backbone of the practice and needs to be infused with everything we do. Now there are particular traditional practices in loving kindness. Um, so self-compassion, again, that's that term, you know, Kristen Neff, this researcher brought forward the term self-compassion and has called her practice, she's got a curriculum called mindfulness-based self-compassion. Now, we infuse the compassion practices in all of our mindfulness work for caregivers. Um, meta is a term where this came from originally, also translates into friendliness or loving kindness. So you'll hear all of those kind of terms when we talk about these compassion practices. And like Lee said, it's turning toward ourselves. The Dalai Lama says that you can search the entire world over and you will not find a single person more worthy and deserving of your compassion than yourself. Because like Lee said, if we're not looking after ourselves, then we can't look after others. 
Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer have this wonderful research that they've been doing, but also Richard Davidson is a neuroscientist. We've talked about him in our podcasts because at the Azraeli Center, well, at least I do, have a big celebrity crush on Richard Davidson for all the grounded science he brings to these practices. Some of the early research that he did um, in his lab was looking at the practices of compassion. And he found that the prefrontal cortex lit up like a fireworks display when, when the monks that he had sitting there in the EEGs and the fMRIs started meditating. And they really looked closely because they thought there was something wrong with the equipment when they were first doing that research. And they had, you know, somebody really monitor to make sure that the meditators being studied were still, that the equipment wasn't showing all these really strong responses because they were moving. But indeed, they were sitting still. It was the power of doing these compassion practices that really lit up that prefrontal cortex. And we know that the other thing research really shows us is compassion's a muscle that can be developed. That's the beautiful thing. So if somebody tries these practices and thinks, well, I'm not feeling very compassionate toward myself or anybody in the world right now. Systems are so challenging to navigate. The world is so unforgiving in so many ways in terms of funding and resources and accessibility and kindness, but we can actually continue to practice developing that muscle. So that's one of the fantastic things that we've learned from the science with these loving kindness practices and all of the mindfulness practices. So if you try these out and you think, I'm not getting anywhere, it's not for me, keep at it. Just keep coming back to it and you will eventually find that there's going to be a difference. I love um, Sharon Salzberg. Now, Sharon Salzberg, I always call the grand dame of mindfulness and loving kindness practices. She's um, the founder, co-founder of the Insight Meditation Society out of Barrie, Massachusetts. And she's really devoted her whole career as a mindfulness teacher to really focusing on the metta, the compassion practices. Here's something that she says um, in her book, Loving Kindness. She says, when I was practicing metta intensively in Burma, at times when I repeated the phrases of loving kindness, I would picture myself in a wide open field planting seeds. And doing metta, we plant the seeds of love, knowing that nature will take its course and in time seeds will bear fruit. Some seeds will come to fruition quickly and some slowly, but our work is simply to plant the seeds. So I love that. I really, really love that. Let's remember that when we do these practices, we are planting those seeds. So there's a little bit about the facts, about some of the strong science. Now, Lee, do you want to say a couple of words about how do we really use this practically? I just love that quote from Sharon Salzberg. You know, when I think about... Um, doing metta uh, uh, and self-compassion, Sue, it reminds me of like dropping a pebble in a pond, you know, and the ripples that go out from that. Um, so that as I extend that care towards myself and kind of fill up my own cup, then I, 
you know, with unconditional kindness and love for myself, then, then my cup is full that I can pour out to others. Um, you know, parenting is really hard work. And if I don't extend that kindness, if I don't extend that self-compassion to myself, that I'm really doing the best that I can, even when I'm not doing it well, some days, you know, it's still just to bring a kindness to myself. If I, if I've messed up as a parent, uh, you know, and I've lost my temper, or I've said something sharply, or I just didn't act in the way that I wanted to because I'm drained, you know, just to bring, what would you say to a good friend? You know, I love that's what Kristen Neff's research kind of shows. Like, what would a good, what would you do to a friend who feels bad? You'd put your hand, you know, on their shoulder, or you'd say some reassuring words. And yet, do we often as caregivers or just people in general ever extend that towards ourselves? Do we, do we offer that softness and caring and forgiveness? Um, but it's so important. I find that when I begin with myself and just kind of talk to myself like I would a good friend and, re you know, remind myself, you know, in the quietness of, of doing my mindfulness practice, you know, just to, I guess, ask myself what I need and, 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 um, and try to give that to myself, you know, through, through my words. And you're going to kind of lead us through this, Sue. I, and then I, then I can extend that circle out, like that pebble being dropped. Um, and I, I guess just really that unconditional love begins with me. Um, and and I, I, Kristen Neff, I, she's just written a new book, Sue, that I'm also really enjoying called Fear of Self-Compassion which just really ties into the, this tender side um, with that mother bear or father bear uh, side that you know we can also, once we extend that loving kindness towards ourselves, that's what really gives the energy to go out and make a difference and champion and advocate like we often do um, as parents. So, but it starts with um, uh, giving myself what I need first um, and filling up my own cup. As I said, thanks. I love how Lee just said, mother bear, father bear. It's so nice. And, and it's kind of fun. I'm doing this podcast from up here in nature. So there's probably bears around the forest somewhere where I am. So I'm thinking of all of them as we do this. And, um, oh, there's just so many ways that this loving kindness practice can can ripple out. Like Lee said, that beautiful image of the rippling out and um, well, why don't we get right into a practice right now and we'll experience some of that rippling out that we can do with this. So let us get into a position right now in which you are comfortable to pay full attention for the next little while. So with the loving kindness practices, it said that having a relaxed posture is important. But of course, with all the mindfulness practices, there's this neat paradox of, of sitting upright with discipline, with alertness, yet bringing that tranquility to it. So see if you can just visit that dance in your posture right now. Can you feel yourself breathing in, sitting solid, present? Just allowing the body to come to a place of focus. And then when you breathe out, 
just allowing that posture to remain strong, yet the muscles and the body relaxes into the present moment. Take a few breaths in right now, breathing in and out. Breathing in, feeling yourself strengthened, balanced and grounded. And as you breathe out, just allowing all of the areas of tension to let go, to soften. Try that for a few breaths. And remember to give yourself full permission to be right here, right now. You can set down any worries, any concerns that you have to deal with. Just let them go and just bring your full focus to yourself. That in and of itself is an act of compassion for yourself. I want to also remind you with your breath, if you allow the exhale to extend a little bit longer each time, that that'll help you just get that vagus nerve going. We've talked about that in other podcasts, how when we breathe out longer and breathe in that nurturing, compassionate in-breath, we allow the belly to expand. And that helps stimulate that vagus nerve that helps us get into that state of calm, that safe space. You are given full permission to relax, be here, completely present for yourself right here, right now. And I want you now just to imagine that you are in a place that is a safe, nurturing, natural environment and feel the shining sun shining down, nurturing you beaming down love and compassion can you feel the warmth through the top of the head on the face just beaming down bathing you in compassion and calm feeling your body touched by compassion relaxing with each breath and I now invite you now some of us are more visual some of us more physical but I want you just to bring your attention to the center of your heart. Feel free to place a hand or two there. Pay attention to those sensations of the warmth streaming in the body. And if you're someone who's more visual, feel free to imagine that there is a healing light ignited in the center of your heart that is radiant healing light beaming out as bright as the radiant sun. And as you breathe in, you may feel those sensations in your heart, that light infusing the body. So I'd like you now to turn your attention to repeating phrases. And these phrases become the focal point in the loving kindness or metta practices. So the phrases that we're going to repeat, I'm going to tell you the traditional ones, but make them your own. 
So the first ones that I'm going to show you are along the lines of these. May I be held in loving awareness. May I be filled with loving awareness. May I have ease and well-being in my life. May I be calm and relaxed throughout my life. So find a phrase that you connect with and I want you just to focus on repeating that and receiving it like a balm, like a gift. So repeating those phrases and allowing them to filter into the body as you focus on that warmth in the heart. So repeat those phrases a few times. And then with the practices, we bring someone to mind who lights us up, someone who we feel love, compassion for. So just bring this person to mind. And what I want you to try now is when you breathe in, say their name. So we don't get lost in thoughts about the person, but just the essence. We're basically using them as a tool to help awaken the heart awaken those feelings of compassion. So breathing in, say their name, and then breathing out whatever phrase you just wished for yourself, using that for them. So in other words, you say their name. So I'll do this with Lee, Lee who I feel a lot of compassion with. So for instance, I would breathe in and I would just picture Lee and say, Lee, picturing her clearly, and then breathing out. May you be held in loving awareness. And then breathing in, picturing Lee clearly, Lee. And then breathing out. May you be held in loving awareness. So try that for the next few breaths with someone who warms your heart. Just try that, connecting with the feeling of that compassion. And for this practice today, we'll now move right over to bringing to mind a family member. So our family member with a disability or whoever it is in our family who we really wish compassion for. 
Sometimes we struggle with that. Sometimes they trigger us and push our buttons. But let's do our best right now to picture them and now wish for them. That which we wished for ourselves, that which we wished for someone who lights us up. Now wishing full well, healing, loving compassion and well-being. So again, breathing in, say their name. And then breathing out with that phrase. And see this time if you can feel it more viscerally in the body. Breathing in, saying their name. Breathing out. May you be held in loving awareness. Try that for a few breaths. And then with loving awareness and the compassion practices, we can expand that love and that compassion out. See if you can still feel those sensations in the center of the heart, like that radiant sun beaming out from the center of the heart. And become a beacon of compassion. Become a light, a radiant light shining in all directions, in front of you, behind you, beside you, above you. May all beings be held in loving awareness. May all beings be calm and relaxed. May all beings be filled with compassion. Trying that for the next few breaths, expanding beyond the community that you're in, touching all of those who touch your life, wishing well, deeply. And then just allowing the breath to become focal point once again and feeling that sense of compassion in our own selves. So as we wish for ourselves, for others, those we love, those we have challenges with, all beings in the world, we're nurturing our own internal sense of love and compassion. So feeling those sensations in the body, taking the last few breaths, see if you can really recommit to staying focused on your own compassion, breathing in like a healing wave, filling the body, breathing out, letting go everything you can let go of. Breathing in once again, healing wave, compassion, filling the body, accepting ourselves exactly as we are. Breathing out, appreciating ourselves, feeling thankful. And when you're ready, you can slowly allow the eyes to open. Just finding that place within, feeling that. Settling in where that compassion rests in the body. 
and giving the body a stretch if that helps you to just awaken the body once again ah knowing that you've got these practices to come back to it anytime and it really really is the backbone of all the mindfulness practices and lee how was that for you today oh sue it was so beautiful you know um i i was kind of filled with emotion listening to that because i realized as a caregiver i can really focus on the problem and um and i'm thinking about what i ought to say or what you know my loved one should do to be safe or the, my, my loved one needs to do to you know whatever i focus on the challenge i focus on the difficulty and just doing that with you now was such an invitation um, to bring a compassionate lens to it instead of focusing on the problem to actually just think of the power of those positive thoughts those positive words um, and how that could influence the next thing that I do or the next thing that I speak um, rather than dwelling on the problem which might make me come you know back with saying the wrong thing or in a sharp way or just a critical way because I'm I'm you know coming from a place of fear or I'm coming from a yeah usually it's fear um, and so passion for myself and then extending yeah, it that I think outwards um, you know yeah. it's like not getting caught in feeling like I need yeah. to do action but just the power of thought and then you know when you invited us to kind of go wider even um, to the world like so t so many times it can feel so small like who am I to make a difference in this world but collectively if we came together in our minds and sent out these loving healing thoughts to the world you know what a difference that could make and mm -hmm. and i guess just the other thing that i thought of is you know sometimes when i'm doing mindfulness just to let go of the expectation you know that i'm supposed to know in some deep level you know that it's not about feeling it it's just continuing to repeat the practice and and that it takes time um, it takes time and and even if it feels like nothing is happening that over time we will notice a change in ourselves and um and as you said compassion is contagious but so is my anxiety contagious and this kind of gives me a choice um, of doing things differently than i didn't know how to do this before sue so I just loved that idea today um, of, of beginning with me and finding a, a phrase that's or phrases that are very powerful that I wish for myself, I wish for my loved one, I wish for my family, I wish for this world. Um, and, and just believing, I think, believing that over time, that's going to change, change my heart and change how I come, um, come at these challenges in my life. And sometimes I think I just need to sort of scoot away when I'm feeling overwhelmed and just do a, a compassion practice like this. It, it, even if it takes five or ten minutes, I, might, it might, I think it would make it an entirely different um, way that I face the rest of the day 
or, or that situation it, by starting with this compassion for myself and extending it outward. So I'm so appreciative and I can see why this is the backbone of mindfulness. Love what you said. And it, you know what, Lee and, Lee and I, by the way, folks out there in mindfulness, I, I occasionally will actually envision my son when he's starting to push my buttons and I will envision him as one of my most powerful mindfulness teachers. You know, from way back when I was living in India, um, I'll actually imagine that that teacher is standing there inside my son's body and looking at me. And uh, I'll say, oh yes, okay. So here I need to focus on compassion because this is just another form of these mindfulness teachings. And um, you know, as caregivers, we've got the hardest job of all trying to stay compassionate because, you know, we're supposed to be, there's all these images of the loving, compassionate caregivers. And sometimes we get our buttons pushed and that's totally normal. And we can forgive ourselves. That in and of itself is compassion. Forgiving ourselves for when we have those challenges. Starting, at, starting again in that moment. I always think of this too. And Lee, by the way, folks, Lee's a big nature person, as am I. And we do talk about our own mindfulness practice so that we can grow and provide the strength and shelter for all those we love. I particularly love a birch tree. Did you know that birch trees apparently will survive and have even more growth after a forest fire? Apparently it takes that that clearing, the pain, the trauma, the challenge of a forest fire and then the, the way the soil creates conditions the birch tree arises strong and beautiful and magnificent um, so planting those seeds just remembering each time we make the intention in our mind for our own happiness or for the happiness of others we're actually doing this work so keep returning over and over each breath is an opportunity to breathe in for ourselves breathe out for the other person and uh, it's an ongoing practice. We know it works because the science is so strong on it. So everyone out there, good luck continuing with this practice. And Lee, so nice to practice with you today. These really important tools. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for teaching us. We'd like to thank Dr. Yona Lunsky, the director of the Israeli Center, Katie Cardiff, our amazing producer, who um, just has done all the behind-the-scenes work for making this podcast what it is. We'd like to thank Kevin Laliberte for his beautiful music um, and the caregivers, the siblings, parents, and family members who generously shared their experience, strength, and hope that shaped uh, these exercises. And But most important the adults with neurodevelopmental disabilities who have taught us the importance of looking after ourselves and others and have helped make mindfulness so accessible. Thank you to everyone. <laughs>